Alright, welcome back to episode 2 of the Language Lab with David. Thanks for coming back for another episode. And uh, today what I want to discuss is simply how students obtain EB status. So um, remember again, EB stands for Emergent Bilingual. Uh, synonymous terms have been ESL, English as a Second Language, or EL, English Learner. Uh, and basically what this means is a designation in the school system for a student who lacks English proficiency, who has been assessed and determined to be in need of English language support and evaluation year over year to track their progress. Because schools are legally obligated under federal law to make sure that students who are uh, have other languages at home, uh, that the school identifies those students, measures their English proficiency, and provides supportive services for them if uh, in their um, learning of the English language. And we'll get into all of the details about how schools do that and the different ways they're allowed to do that. But the first question is simply how do students obtain emergent uh, bilingual status? So when you register your child in a public school, uh, one of the forms that you're required by the school to complete is called a home language survey. So on this form, there are simply three questions. It's a one-page document. It should be provided to you in your native language. And the first question is, what language or languages are used in the child's home most of the time? The second question is, what language or languages does the child use most of the time? And the third question is, if the child had a previous home setting, what language were used for communication in that home setting? If no previous home setting, so it's not applicable. So if anywhere on any of those lines, um, the parent indicates a language other than English, uh, this is what begins the process of uh, assessing the student for English proficiency. Um, so there's someone in the school who in Texas is referred to as an LPAC representative. Uh, that's what my job is at the school. So the registration clerk will let me know. Uh, either that or I go through and check all the new registrations, so look through all of the files to find any home language surveys that have any language other than English. So once that happens, then um, we set up an assessment for the student. And in the state of Texas, we use for preschool, kindergarten, and first grade an assessment called pre-loss. And then for second grade through 12th grade, we use what's called loss links. So these are standardized assessments that are uh, designed to assess a student's academic language ability relative to the grade level that they're enrolling in. So it's a different assessment, obviously, for kindergarten than it is for second grade. Second grade uh, and fifth grade are taking different assessments. So it's, it's supposed to be able to give the schools an idea of the level of English language for a classroom setting for a particular grade level that a student is able to uh, understand and listening to speak, to read, and to write. The pre-loss uh, is only oral language, so it only contains a listening and speaking task. Typically, if a student progresses all the way through the assessment, it takes about 15, maybe 20 minutes to administer. 
Activities in the assessment would be following one-step directions, following two-step directions, being able to identify pictures with single-word responses, repeating phrases in order to assess a student's ability to pronounce plurals, possessives, pronouns, and finally listening to a four-part story that has it has like four pictures, and then the story goes with the pictures. And then after the student listens to the story, they retell the story. Uh, typically, the test administrator will record the student's response. And then after the testing session is completed, the testing administrator will go back in, will write in word for word the student's response, and then they will score the student response uh, on a scale of one to four. And there's a training that uh, any test administrator uh, needs to go through in order to know how to score the responses one to four. So basically these are these are correlated with the uh, language levels of beginning, intermediate, advanced, and advanced high, which we'll get into a lot more detail about with TELPOS, which is the annual statewide um, English proficiency assessment that students take each year, EB students that is. So, for example, if a student in the story is just giving single word responses, maybe they're naming a single thing in a picture, that's going to be a score of one. If they give a response that is not a complete story, maybe they talk in short phrases about a couple of the pictures, but it doesn't really bring together a beginning, middle, and end of the story, that's going to be an intermediate response. That's going to get scored like a level two. In order to get a score of three, the student has to complete the task in a way that uh, the story has a beginning and an end. And they can still have quite a few errors in there, uh, but you're able to understand basically that the story is able to progress from beginning to end, but with quite a few errors, uh, language errors. Uh, and maybe their sentences are you know, not grammatically correct, maybe they're mispronouncing words, but they're able to articulate maybe in a sentence form um, uh, the story. Uh, a score of four is going to be more uh, in line with what a native speaker would be able to provide. A clear beginning, middle, and end to the story, details from the story, uh, very few mistakes in word order and grammar and vocabulary, and that will get a student a score of four. Basically, to score proficient on the assessment, students will need to be able to retell the story uh, with a score of four. Uh, so the bar is set pretty high um, for not qualifying for English language supportive services. They're trying to catch any student who may lack uh, even at an advanced level of language, they may still need some support. So the intent is to catch any student, even students who are in an advanced level, who may need some support. So you, you have to remember that uh, in the end, what the intent of this is, is for any student to, on a sort of a continuum or a spectrum, um, to receive support if they're not completely proficient in the English language. So that's a little bit about pre-loss. Once students are in the second grade uh, through 12th grade, they'll uh, take loss links. And loss links is a computer-based assessment. 
and it will assess the student's uh, language proficiency in the four language domains of listening, speaking, and now reading and writing. This one takes a little bit longer to complete. Typically can take students maybe up to an hour. Uh, it's a little, it's a much longer assessment and it's an assessment depending on how quickly or slowly students progress through the reading and particularly the writing portions uh, of the assessment. Uh, the listening and speaking um, parts of the test are, are auto-scored by the computer. The test administrator or someone who's trained in scoring the responses will go back in just like with a pre-loss and listen to the students' uh, speaking responses and give them a score on that one to four range. Actually here they even can score up to a five and the same with the writing. Uh, and then once the test administrator has scored those speaking and writing responses, the system will then tabulate a score and provide a, um, a score in each of the language domains. Uh, from one to actually five on the lost links. So four is proficient. Five is like really, really super proficient. Um, and so if a student scores uh, below a four on any of the domains, they will classify as emergent bilingual. So maybe they have a four in reading, they have a four in writing, they have a four in listening. If they have a three in speaking, they're going to qualify as emergent bilingual. Uh, so those are the two tests that are used in Texas to identify students as an emergent bilingual. And once the uh, LPAC representative has these score reports and they have a home language survey indicating another language other than English, uh, then they have uh, what they need to continue to submit um, documents to an LPAC committee in Texas, so which is made up of an administrator, a bilingual or ESL teacher, a parent representative, uh, typically, and like the ESL teacher uh, at the campus, will meet to discuss the student's home language survey. They'll review the home language survey, they'll review the testing, and then they'll offer a recommendation whether or not the student qualifies for bilingual services or whether or not the student qualifies for ESL services. And so after that LPAC committee, committee meets and makes that determination, that student is then identified as an emergent bilingual or not, depending on if they scored proficient or not proficient on the assessment. Um, once that meeting is, is complete, then the local representative at the school will provide either a document or a phone call. Typically we send home, a, we have a form that we send home to the parent to basically say, hey, this is what's happened. We've assessed your student. Here's your student scores. The LPAC community met, and they're off there determined that your student and recommending ESL services or bilingual services, and then we collect the parent permission. As a parent, obviously, you have the right to accept those services, to deny those services, to reject those services. So then once we collect that parent permission, then um, we, we move forward from there. Uh, with the school, and we'll get into all of the different service models that are available. Local schools uh, have different service models uh, within the approved framework that they're allowed to provide for students, so we won't get into all those details, 
But I just wanted to basically say how do students um, obtain this emergent bilingual status in the school. And that's basically it. It starts with the home language survey, which may or may not, if there's any language other than English, then the student will be given the, either the pre-loss or the lost links. Depending on the score of that assessment, they may or may not qualify for emergent bilingual services. Um, so thank you. That's it for today. Just a short one. And um, thank you for listening. Please reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you. And um, next we'll be looking at um, how students exit emergent bilingual status. So once you're in, then the question is, how do you get out? Uh, not that you're getting out, but how do you exit from that status? So we'll go into the details of how students exit from the, that status. And then we'll also talk about what choices you have as a parent. So stay tuned. I uh, hope to be sending out more episodes with more information for parents about what's going on with emergent bilingual status in public schools. Thank you for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.